Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. Um, this morning, uh, I, I shouldn't have had you be seated there. Uh, I'll ask you to stand just a minute. Uh, one of the things we, um, we practice often here, we want to continue to practice more, is basing everything that we do and everything we are on the Word of God. Because they're God's words to us. Uh, they're words of truth, they're words of hope, they're words of life. I, I was sitting with a couple earlier this week, and they have been here literally since you know, 1929, and had a great talk with them about the history of our church. And one of the things that was very, very apparent is throughout 90 years of ministry that this church has had by the grace of God, um, one of the things that has always been central is the scripture in our life and in the lives of the community here. And so in keeping with that, we've been studying 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. And as we begin this morning, we're going to work on this memory part again, okay? Because it's one thing to begin to, to, to read it, and that's awesome. And another great thing is to begin to get it right in here. When you start memorizing the text, you start noticing it in different parts of your life, especially the three verses that we are studying, rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. One of the things I've appreciated uh, just within our pastoral team between Cameron and Tom and I is every now and then we talk about this and we, we lament sometimes how difficult it is to rejoice and how difficult sometimes it is to pray and how challenging it can be to give thanks. And so uh, as we read these words together, as we recite these words, as we instill the Word of God into our hearts and our minds, these are things that God calls us to live out, live out by His grace, uh, but, but just know that sometimes they're not easy uh, for any of us in this room. So uh, once again, would you please stand with me? I think I have this on the screen. If I don't, we'll be all right. Um, our scripture reading, yes, comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Read this together with me, please. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, we're going to do this a couple more times because repetition is key to memory. All right? Again, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. David, take that screen away for just a moment, please. All right. I'll say a word. You fill in the blank. Rejoice, pray, give in, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. Yeah, give thanks in everything is the Christian standard version. I'm sorry. Some of you have this memorized differently. That's okay. I do too. So if I trip up, it's just version. All right. Again, rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You guys have this. Say this with me. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, we say these words not out of just mere rote, out of a desire 
to be reminded in the good and in the difficult seasons of life that you call us. It is your will for us to rejoice always, to pray constantly, and to give thanks in everything. God, those are difficult words for many of us because it doesn't come natural. It doesn't come natural to rejoice amidst sorrow and amidst mourning. It doesn't come natural to rejoice even when we're inconvenienced in some way. And, and God, sometimes prayer is the furthest thing from our minds when we're going about our day. Sometimes we just go on autopilot and we go to work or we go to school and it just becomes the next thing. God, we want to have a life that prays constantly, that sees every moment of our life the opportunity to connect with the sovereign God of the universe who calls us by name and calls us with intention because you love us and you have made us. And Lord, as we enter a week in which we celebrate Thanksgiving, there are so many things to be thankful for. God, we, the hymn writer says, could we with ink the ocean fill where the skies of parchment made, where every scroll on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. God, to begin to number the things, including your love, that you have given to us in our life, God, it would drain the ocean dry because there's literally that much we have to be thankful for. Cause us to be thankful this week. Not for our sake, but for the sake of the one who's created everything for his glory, and that is you. So that the name of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who stepped down into this world and became light amidst darkness, the one who brings light and life, so that he would receive all honor and glory and power that is due his name. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word. We do not take it lightly that we can open the scripture and we can learn. We know that there are brothers and sisters throughout this world um, who would be in severe danger were they to even own a Bible or have one in hand. And yet, God, you have given to us the gift of freedom to open the Scripture. May we not, may we not take that lightly. We bless you, Lord God, and we thank you for today. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah, we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. I'll just use this one. Every once in a while, I'll get started on a project, and I'll think it's something easy that's just going to take me a few minutes. And then as I get involved in the project, it ends up being much more difficult than I anticipated. How many of you have ever had that experience? Okay. I see you can identify. Uh, one example I'm thinking of is the very first time I changed a headlight on my current vehicle. Uh, now, this is not a joke about how many pastors does it take to change a light bulb, but um, I uh, went to the store and bought the new headlamp and put it in my pocket and came to the car and opened the door and popped the hood and went around to the front of the car and lifted up the hood and put the prop rod in place. And it's uh, the left headlamp I'm working on, so I look and 
It's like, there is no opening here to get at the headlamp. And so if all else fails, you read the directions. And so I go back and I take out the owner's manual and I open to the index and look for headlight and, hmm, okay, headlights. Replacing halogen bulbs, page 196. So I turn to page 196. To change the bulb on the driver's side, start the engine, turn the steering wheel all the way to the right, then turn off the engine. All right. So I start the engine and turn the steering wheel all the way to the right and turn off the engine. And then it says, use a flat tip screwdriver to remove the holding clip from the inner fender, then pull the fender cover back. Okay, so I get a flat tip screwdriver and I remove the little pin there and I can get a tiny little opening there. Hmm, now what do I do? So I grab the directions and it says, remove the electrical connector from the bulb by pulling the connector straight back. So. It's like I get that little tiny hole and I look in and can't see a thing and so I get a flashlight and shine it in there and everything in there is black. But I think I can see that electrical connector. Problem is, I can't see in there and put my hand in there at the same time because the hole's about the size of my arm. So I'm gonna have to do this by feel. And so I'll roll up my sleeve and slide my arm through that hole and kind of feel around for a while. And okay, I think that's the electrical connector. And, pull it back and, okay, that's done. What's next? Remove the rubber weather seal by pulling the tab. All right, arm back in and feel for the rubber seal and, okay, there it is and there's a tab and I pull it and, okay, got that out. What's next? Unclip the end of the hold down wire from its slot, pivot the wire out of the way, then remove the bulb. Okay, stick my arm in there, feel around. Okay, there's a wire. Where's the slot? How do I get that out of there? Okay, it's loose. Get the bulb, pull it out, put it down. Uh, install the new bulb into the hole, making sure the tabs are in their slots. Hmm. Get out the new bulb. Put it in, rotate, 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 rotate. I can't feel the slots. Uh, rotate, rotate, rotate. Okay, I think maybe that's right. Pull my arm out, go back to the directions. Pivot the hold down wire back in place and clip the end into the slot. Okay, put my arm in. Did I mention this is winter? Um, <laughs> trying to get that wire into the slot, trying to get that wire into the slot, trying to get the wire into the slot. 15 minutes pass. Trying to get the wire into the slot. This point, uh, I have an unusually large amount of skin missing from my forearm. <laughs> my fingers are so numb that I can no longer feel the wire that I'm trying to get into the slot. I have muscle spasms going up the back of my legs and in my back and my car still isn't put back together. To some extent, I had a similar experience 
as I started working on this message. Thought, well, you know, this message, it's on just one verse. And it's about thankfulness. And it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. How hard could it be? (laughs) Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, if you would like to open in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. And I know we just recited it, but I'd like us to read it in context. And so I'd like us to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 15 to 18. So please stand for the reading of God's Word. And here, you've been working on the Christian Standard Version this morning for memorization. I'm going to read it from the New King James. (laughs) Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word would fall on receptive soil in our hearts today, and that it would spring forth and bring forth abundant fruit in our lives. I ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, to begin with, we need to realize that thankfulness is something that's very important. In fact, the lack of thankfulness is a characteristic sign of wickedness. And so, uh, I'd like you to to invite you to mark uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, because we're going to go places and we're going to keep coming back here. And so, if you happen to have a ribbon marker free, you can use that, or grab a card out of the pew rack or uh, put your bulletin in there or something like that. Mark uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And then if you would like to turn to Romans chapter 1 in your Bibles. And in Romans chapter 1, I'd like to read verses 18 to 21. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So we know enough about God from his creation in our hearts that we should be thankful to him And in our fallen state, our natural inclination is not to be thankful to him. And as a result of that, our thoughts become futile and our hearts are darkened. 
and we're lost in trespasses and sins. And the reason we should be thankful, among other things, is that God is good to us. If you'll turn to James chapter 1. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good thing we've ever experienced is a gift from God. Every time we've seen the sun rising, every time we've had water to drink when we were thirsty, every time we've enjoyed a good meal, every time we've been blessed with a loved one, every breath that we've taken, every beat of our heart has been a good gift from God. And then if you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 5, And in Matthew 5, verse 45 says that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And so God was good to us even when we were still wicked. When we were God's enemies, He continued to do good things for us. And so it's only right for us to give God thanks that he's given us good things, that he's given us good things that we do not deserve in any way, shape, or form. And that's pretty simple and straightforward. But then things start to get a little bit difficult. Back to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. The verse says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have you ever had someone say something to you, and what you hear is different than what they said? For example, this week, One of our staff members was talking about their Thanksgiving plans. And they said, we're going to visit Jeremy. And I heard, we're going to visit Germany. And uh, after I thought about it a little while, I figured out what was going on, but uh, I heard wrong. Well, I had a similar experience with this verse. As I looked at this verse, uh, what I heard this verse say is, feel thankful for the good things that God does for you. And that hearing is wrong on many different levels. First of all, it doesn't say good things. It says, in everything, give thanks. And that's a pretty tall order. It's easy for me to give thanks when I'm 
holding one of my grandchildren and they're being good, um, when I'm enjoying a good meal, uh, when I'm surrounded by loved ones. I had a couple recent experiences. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was in my garage working on a project and I dropped a small part on the floor. And I'm leaning over, looking in the sawdust on the floor for the small part. And the Holy Spirit says to me, are you thankful now? That was very convicting. And then about a week later, we had that first snowstorm of the year, the first big one. And uh, I was trying to snow blow my driveway. The snow was extremely sticky. And it kept clogging up the chute of my snowblower. And so I'm kneeling in the slush in the driveway with a two by four, trying to clear the snow out of the chute of the snowblower. And the Holy Spirit says to me, are you thankful now? And... No, Lord, I'm not. You've revealed the wickedness of my heart. I, my reaction wasn't to be thankful. And then my thought is, how can I be thankful for this? Um, this isn't good. How can I be thankful for this? So I looked for a loophole says, in everything, give thanks. Ah, it says, in everything, give thanks, not for everything, give thanks. And so I don't have to be thankful for the clock snowblower shoot. I just have to be thankful for the gift of eternal salvation while I'm upset about the clock snowblower shoot. But then I compared a little bit of Scripture with Scripture. Ephesians 5.20, if you'd like to turn there. It says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God's calling me not to just give thanks in all things. He's calling me to give thanks for all things. That's a lot harder than I first imagined when I'm reading the verse as, feel thankful for the good things that God does for you. And then one of the other things that I heard wrong, I heard it as, feel thankful for the good things that God does for you. But it says, in everything, give thanks. And the difference between feeling thanks and giving thanks, if uh, any of you as children uh, receive presents from out-of-town relatives, you know a little bit about the difference. Your parents hand you the box from under the tree and you open it up and it's something really wonderful. And you feel thanks. 
And then that afternoon, you have to sit down at the kitchen table and you have to write a thank you note. You have to give thanks. And so sometimes it's easier to feel thanks than it is to give thanks. And so Scripture doesn't call us just to have grateful feelings in our hearts, not just, you know, I have this warm, fuzzy feeling. It tells us to actually take the time to say thank you to God. But actually, in some ways, that may be a little bit easier because we really don't have much control over our emotions. And so, as I'm sitting there next to the clogged snowshoe in my driveway, it's really hard for me to take control of my emotions and to feel thankful, but it's possible for me to give thanks. Kind of like, you know, when you're a kid again and one of your relatives gives you clothing. And it's like, you know, I don't feel very thankful for this. Mom and Dad would have bought it for me if I needed it. But you got to give thanks. Thank you for this gift. But why? Why give thanks and everything? I mean, I understand giving thanks for good things. That makes sense. But giving thanks and everything. I mean, giving thanks for friends, for loved ones, for indoor plumbing, for chocolate. Um, Those are things that are easy to say thank you for. But flooded basements, flat tires during rainstorms, mosquitoes? Give thanks for those things? Why would I give thanks for those things? Let's look at God's word. Turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 2 Corinthians 4.17 
For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And still in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we can be thankful in the hard things because God is using even the hard things for our good. But even when we know God is using hard things for our good, when we're in the hard thing, It's awful hard to give thanks. I thought it might have been a matter of training, like swimming the English Channel. You know, you don't go out and just swim the English Channel. You start out and, you know, you swim 100 yards, and then you swim 200 yards, and then you swim 400 yards, and a thousand yards and two thousand yards and you keep training and training and training until finally you're trained well enough that you can swim the entire English Channel. You know, maybe I could begin with being thankful when I drop small pieces into the sawdust on the floor and I can gradually work my way up to mosquitoes. Um, But it's not like the English Channel. It's not like swimming that far. It's like swimming from California to Hawaii. No matter how much I train, I can't do it. It's too much for me to handle. Because, yeah, maybe I can be thankful for dropping small things on the floor, and I might even be thankful for mosquitoes. But all of us have things in our life Maybe I shouldn't say all of us, but most of us probably have things in our life that are too painful to talk about. And how am I going to get the point where I can give thanks for those things? And even if I could, there are people in the world that have experienced trials and tribulations that I cannot imagine. And think of Job, for example. 
in one day, he loses his fortune. All of his children die in that same day. And he becomes afflicted with an extremely painful physical affliction. So he's living in constant pain. And his wife says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? And so if we're in a Job situation, how do I ever train enough in thanksgiving to give thanks in a situation like Job? But the verse doesn't just say in everything give thanks. You'll turn back to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so what we have to do is we have to approach the hard things in life and say, in my own human strength, I do not have the power to give thanks for this hard thing. But Jesus Christ, living in me through the power of his Holy Spirit, is able to do it for me. He says, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. And so when we are in a hard situation and we begin to look to respond to that situation with thanksgiving, we need to look to God for his strength through us in order to do the things that he wants us to do. And with his strength working through us, We can be like Habakkuk and we can say that though the fig tree shall not blossom and neither shall there be fruit in the vines and the labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat and the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there'll be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And so may God work through us so that we can respond with thanks in every situation in which we find ourselves with the strength of Jesus Christ. May he fill our hearts with thanksgiving. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I have to admit I find the passage scary. Lord, I may face trials in my life that I can't even imagine. Lord, thank you that your strength is sufficient.
for whatever I will face. And that the time will come when I will look back and say that that light and temporary affliction, which was only for a moment, is not worthy to compare with the eternal glory that you've brought about as a result. And so, Lord, I pray you would let us rest in you and rejoice in you. Lord, thank you for the good things you've given us. You've filled our mouths with good things. And we are grateful. And Lord, thank you that the bad things, you're able to take even those and use them for us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good word. Psalm 118 says this. This came to me as we were in the text. Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in him. Lord, save us. Lord, please grant us success. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God. I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Amen? Amen. Would you stand and sing with us? Well, as you head into your Thanksgiving week, I pray that you would have a blessed time. Uh, this week I was reading, and I want to leave you with this. Um, I was reading uh, something this week on prayer, beginning a, beginning a new book on uh, prayer. And here's what it says. It's talking about the importance of abiding in Christ. Listen to these words. Come, my fellow believers, and let us day by day set ourselves at his feet and meditate on this word of his with an eye fixed on him alone. Let us set ourselves in quiet trust before him, waiting to hear his holy voice, the still small voice that is mightier than the storm that rends the rocks, breathing its quickening spirit within us as he speaks, abide in me. As you go into your Thanksgiving week, as you remember what Christ has done for you, may you learn, friends, to abide in the God who says to you, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen? Father, we bless your name. We thank you, God, for the gift of being gathered together for the reminder that you and you alone are sufficient for our daily needs. Lord, teach us to abide in you. Teach us to find our strength in you. Teach us to find our joy in you. That we may rejoice always. That we may pray constantly. That we may give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus.
We bless you and we thank you in the name of Jesus, our Messiah. Together we say, Amen. Next week, December 1, 10 a.m., we'll be studying kind of different, but Genesis 28 and Genesis 32. And then the next week is also 10 a.m. We're going to be studying Genesis 30, uh, 35 together. And then we'll be into a Christmas series for a couple weeks. All right? There you go. Have a blessed week. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. We hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith. If you have questions about this message or would like more information about our church, we invite you to check us out at fbczealand.org or call us at 616-772-4377.